This month we're off to 1970s Italy to figure out who'd done all the gory murders in Don't Touch Your Duckling, Deep Red and a bunch of other Jalo classics. Jalo, everyone. You're listening to episode 28 of the Devil Times 5 Horror Podcast. I'm Cliff and my fellow amateur detectives this month are Emily, CJ, Luke and we welcome back Sarah, who's standing in for Bryony, who's got a bad cold. Um, sorry, I mean... A bad cold... <laughs> Uh, so, <laughs> Sarah, thanks for um, turning up at such short notice. I mean, no worries. I was going to be locked in my bedroom anyway. Is that for a film? What? <laughs> oh, sorry, that sounded really suggestive. It wasn't <laughs> 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 All right, uh, let's move on to our highs and lows from the last month of horror viewing. Uh, Luke, let's start with you. Uh, low is going to be uh, Hellboy, the 2019 because mm-hmm. uh, it was just they sh- they shouldn't have bothered with it. Uh, Neil Marshall, I think he tries too hard to try and throw almost a, a dog soldiers homage in this, and it just doesn't really work. Uh, and the whole film is just a mess with a horrible script and him trying too hard to be gory for the sake of gore. Uh, so yeah, it it just dragged. It's two hours long and was horrible and didn't have the same heart that the original films had so that's my that's my low mm, i've not seen i've not seen the originals actually because i don't get on with guillermo del toro so I'm oh really watching any of them or, or comic book type superhero type things i don't i'm bothered with any of it anyone else seen hellboy i i love the comics and i love the original movie so fuck no i do not want to see the new <laughs> version right. yeah, it's, it's very it's very very bad I'm quite yeah. open-minded. Like, I, I'm not a huge fan of the originals, and I do love gratuitous gore. So, there's a chance I might like it. It's uh, the gore. It's it's really bad CGI as well. Oh no! At no, points, no, so that's the no. they do a few <laughs> practical effects, but it's it's quite badly done. Uh, I did yeah. notice from the trailer that um, Big Mo Slater from EastEnders is in it. <laughs> so that is... it's, yeah, it's the most pointless thing. It's really really pointless. Okay, and your high? My high. Um, I'm just gonna. I'm gonna say the the Ring remake. I watched it again recently, and I, tr- I still really like that remake. I hadn't seen it in quite a few years. And last month, I'd gone and seen uh, the original in the cinema again. So it was. I, I feel. I feel like it's a. It's a remake that ups many of the things from the original. And I think it's a. It's a worthy remake. So I. I still enjoyed watching it after all these months. So yeah, that's my. That's my high. I know it's, it's weird to do mm-hmm. a high for not a really new film or anything, but no, it's fine. Yeah, um, I've I've not seen that either. Yeah, it's, it's it's worth checking out. It's it, it's it's good remake, I think, in in my opinion. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Is that general consensus? Yeah, it's all right. It's all right. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that infused about it though. Uh, so Sarah. Uh, so my low is a film that I am hesitant to even pronounce the title of because this film has given me serious anxiety. Um, so it's a 2006 film called Minotaur. Minotaur? I don't even know how... They pronounce it Minotaur throughout the whole film, but which is not how I would say it. That's what happens in Room 237, the Shining documentary. Yeah. Someone who, goes, who says Minotaur the whole like, way through. It's, does it's the like, rest of the world Minotaur. say Minotaur? Like, <laughs> is it an American film, this? No. Maybe, maybe American. No, it's British. It's, it's British. Tom Hardy. The, the, the name of the director is even Jonathan English. 
So <laughs> the most English man who ever lived. Yeah. You know what else is a British horror film though? The Amityville Asylum. So, oh, God. <laughs> True. Yeah, well, um, but yeah, it has a very young Tom Hardy um, fighting. Something. It's just a giant bull, a CGI bull. It's not even. It's not any form of the Minotaur, Minotaur. It's just a bull um, in a labyrinth. And Tony Todd being Tony Todd. Um, it's not very good. I, I mean, Tony Todd being Tony Todd, he does huff a bull's skull full of magic <laughs> gas and then scream, "Virgins, virgins, they please us." Which... So if you like that, <laughs> this sounds amazing. Yeah, that's that's the trap that we fell into as well. It sounded amazing. It was it was a lie big old lie um and my high is um i does this class as a horror film i'm gonna go with greta the the new um mm. chloe moretz isabel hubert thing um yeah i think it's i think i'm gonna say it's a horror film um it's horror it's, it's, it's a throwback to 90s psycho thrillers yes. isn't it yeah. Yeah, yeah yeah so i mean i i, I count them as horror there we go Definitely. um yeah i it's really fun I don't want to like spoil anything about it, but it's ridiculous, and it has one scene of the most like gratuitous, stupid gore that I think I've seen in a while, and I actually shrieked in the cinema, mm. and and I'm just still delighted by it. So <laughs> I'm going with that as my high. I, I wish I'd dragged myself away from the house to go to cinema for that. I've not, <laughs> definitely want to see it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, CJ. Okay, well, I haven't really watched much this month, um, so I'm really sort of scrabbling around to find a high and a low. Um, for the low, I mean, this was definitely a low, a low point in my life. I think uh, <laughs> was uh, Assassination Nation, which again is probably borderline horror, um, but every single frame of that made me wish I could go back in time and somehow destroy the internet which could have been the intention but i don't think it was quite in the same way it was more like a direct i want to destroy the internet just so this fucking film can never happen uh it was just astonishingly self-conscious and bad and just like a parody of something i i oh, no i just, I liked like, it. I think as a kind of modern day Heathers, it kind of works. Oh. What I, what what disturbed me about it really was that it's for all its kind of wokeness, it's got a very conservative message yeah. at its heart. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. That, that was part of what really annoyed me about it. Mm. I mean, it's one it's one thing kind of being that sort of super cynical, like snarky style of comedy, but it's another when you completely mangled your own message to be the opposite of what you meant yeah. it as. Yeah. Um, it's horrible. Anyone else in that? Uh, yeah, I, I'm someone that did really like it, but I think just <laughs> just because of the cinematography, I don't know. I yeah. really like the home invasion scene. I think that's a brilliantly shot scene, but mm. I do think it's it forces itself down your throat with the whole opening with the trigger warning. I feel like that's <laughs> some weird things in there, but yeah, it, it, it wants to be self-aware, but it does try a bit too hard with it. But I did I did like it for the cinematography and the certain camera tricks that it does. So Yeah, that's what I liked, yeah. You're high? Uh, <laughs> really struggled to get a high this month, so I'm just going to go with The Cat from Pet Cemetery. I mean, the film itself was sort of <laughs> average at best, uh, but The Cat was, was a high, especially uh, if you saw the pictures of him at the premiere with these little tie-on. I mean, yeah, that, I that, that was... Yeah, that was that was pretty much the high of, of my year so far. Just looking at that. <laughs> cat in a tie. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. you've cured your cat allergy. Yes, I have. Uh, a a combination of uh, fexofenadin 
which is a prescription antihistamine, uh, and Pyrenees nasal spray. Take both of them like a boss. <laughs> you can go roll around with cats all day. Brilliant. Yeah. <laughs> Emily. Um, well, my low is something called Contamination, which is um, another Italian-made film. Whoa. <laughs> I actually am shocked. I'm shocked. The Luigi Cozzi film? Yeah. It's terrible, yeah. It it's is. fucking awful. It's the greatest Easter movie. Hell, there's an egg. Hell, yeah. Well, the, the eggs are good, and the um, the very the charmingly shit special effects, well, practical gore effects, I suppose, that are basically what I can only describe as filling up people's um outfits with carrier bags full of plum tomatoes and then stabbing them. That's good fun. That's all you need. The um slightly shit alien at the end, that's kind of adorable. But my main objection with it was it was very boring. It is. I fell asleep about four times, and I'm someone who'll fall asleep watching a good film at least three times. So, you know, that's usually a, an oh. indication. Even though I hate it, I bought the Blu ray about <laughs> two years ago, and I still haven't got around to watching it. Because uh, <laughs> I, just... I love contamination. It's just pure joy. Just, just wholesome loveliness from start <laughs> to finish. <laughs> there's some lovely bits in it, but there's two hours of utter wank to get to those. I hope I change my mind when, when I rewatch it. I hope I can see the joy in it, but it's, it's boring. Yeah. And uh, my high, because I'm a month behind everyone else, is Us. I don't think it's perfect. Yeah. It's not as good as Get Out, but it's a very interesting film. And I can't wait to see what he makes next. Yeah. Cool. Uh, my, I, well, Luke blew the format apart last month with his two <laughs> lows. So Maverick Paulton in the corner there. <laughs> I've got two highs. I've not seen anything bad this month. Whoa. What? Yeah, what? Yeah, lucky you. Uh, yeah, lucky me, yeah. I've actually got three highs, really. But um, I'll, I'll, one of them is um, Blew My Mind, which is this Swiss film by uh, Lisa Brawlman. It sort of presents as a one of those European teenage uh, coming-of-age movies about a, you know, a girl going through puberty and blah, 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 blah. But it's got kind of uh, body horror and fantasy elements to it, which make it kind of stand out. Um, it's it's very good. And my other high is a Japanese film called Vampire Clay, uh, directed by Sushi Umezawa. It's a kind of comedy horror about um, sentient modelling clay that attacks an art class. Wow. <laughs> Sounds good. Yeah. Sounds amazing. It's, it's, it manages to be funny and disturbing at the same time because of like all the weird, like sometimes gory, sometimes surreal ways that it attacks. Um, I'll also mention Laws of Chaos because I've seen that since Luke had it as your low last month. Uh, because I, because I've got nothing to do with the black metal scene, I didn't mind the dramatic license or the you know factual inaccuracies. Yeah, but I mean, you you probably think black metal is basically Spinal Tap, so you'd enjoy no, it if, if that's no, how you feel. No, 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 I don't really know anything about black metal scene. What I liked about it is you, that it's tonally so unpredictable. You don't. You, it starts out. It starts out <laughs> fast, like, Un- unpredictable. <laughs> I mean, As opposed to just completely out of control. <laughs> totally out of control, you say? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't think they had any idea what kind of movie they were making. Because um, the first half hour is like kind of goofy comedy, really, isn't it? About, um, about <laughs> what's his name? Euronymous and dead. And, yeah, yeah. And, until that fucking scene, which is so horrific. And fucking, I mean, shout out to Dan Martin for his incredible effects in that scene. Amazing. Um, yeah, I enjoyed it. I thought it was really good. But, you know, I don't have any uh, skin in that game. 
I think no uh, no reference to that scene, pun intended, but I'm not going to open up old wounds on, on this. <laughs> <laughs> Va bene. Adesso i miei amici è un momento per il tema del mese, i classici gialli. Con tutto questo oro giallo, giallo, giallo. Uh, I really thought you were going to be Beyonce uh, for this one. And do, I don't think you're ready for this Gialli. Oh, that's a stretch. <laughs> Can you redo it and add that? Because that's, uh, that's, that's fab. I'd have to manipulate her voice so that that's actually what she was saying. Uh, Why don't you just that. stop you saying Jelly on the end of it? <laughs> yes. I'm leaving a gap here so I can do that. Jello. Jello. And we're doing a Fulci versus Argento thing with our main features this month. First up, Lucio Fulci's classic giallo from 1972, Non si servizia un paperino or Don't Torture a Duckling. Ah! Ah! He's a child of the devil. I told you. <laughs> Captain, are these merely superstitions? I don't know. Pepino, no one's ever been killed because of magic. No one. It's all nonsense. Who's that? Ah, oh, she was born here. Her father made a fortune in the land. Come on, I won't bite you. I'm coming. Apparently, she was implicated in a drug scandal a few months ago. I wouldn't say she's your most about parishioner. I know. In fact, it's only since she arrived here that funny things have been going on. In the slow-paced village of Akendura, young boys are being murdered and the suspects include a bohemian interloper from Milan, the local witch and the village idiot. Uh, you're right, so don't torture a duckling. I was disappointed by this rewatch. I don't think once you remember who the killer is, it really stands up. There's, not, there's enough going on for it to really you know, stand up to rewatches. What do you think? I'd not seen this one before, so I, and I, the, the rewatching thing's a good point. Cause I think, would, would I watch it again? I don't know, but I I was really impressed by it. I really liked it. When you get the the reveal of who the killer is, etc., it's not for kind of the reasons that you think, and also it's um it's not it doesn't quite fit all the um the stereotypes of what you expect Jallo to be. Mm-hmm. Um, but because uh, watching a lot of these, I've really thought, did I pick these just because I want to admire people's dresses and hats? Because <laughs> there's a lot of good dresses yeah. and hats. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think one of the films I think if I was to write a two word review it literally would be nice hat um, but um, this one's different in that it's the, it's the rural setting yeah. and it's but the the way that the the townspeople treat the witch which is absolutely appalling you're kind of you you feel you really feel for her you don't feel that I mean yeah you are made to feel that she's evil up until the point that she meets her um, her demise but um, I think it's an I think it's um it's an interesting film. There's kind of a lot of ambiguities in the way that it treats its characters, but I think it's quite a bit more, um, well, you'd never really use this word in relation to Jally, but it's quite, um, it's quite subtle. And there's the, the creepy duck doll and that's mental. There's always got to be something that's completely mad because, you know, Jello, but. What does uh, Fulci have against uh, Donald Duck? Because between this <laughs> and New York Ripper, he uses him a lot in, in bad mm. ways. I haven't seen New York Ripper, though its reputation precedes itself. Though <laughs> I remember mm. reading one review where they said, oh, once again, Lucci's duck fetish is in evidence. Like, yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> is, it, is it a fetish or is it a fear? Well, it's I, it's I not like Tarantino and feet. You haven't got, like, sort of, you know, ducks yeah. being shot 
sensitively from weird angles. But I think it's just like, what is the most wholesome thing to come out of America? It's Disney. Yeah, so I think it must be just playing on that kind of thing. Um, the rural setting, I think it's really well chosen location. You know, it's all these rolling hills and valleys and all that. And then it's got this massive elevated highway running through it. Mm. Um, it's really kind of evocative of like, these people have been left behind mm. by progress, haven't they? Civilization has literally bypassed them. I think the, the themes in the film are really uh, coherent. Um, and I think he tells his story with a lot of anger and a lot of atmosphere as well. Like you really feel the sweatiness of the village. Like mm. everybody looks like tired and hot. And I, I think you can really feel that. And there's a lot of really cool things about this movie, but I did feel a little bit like Cliff on the rewatch that it was a bit of a chore just because there's a lot of red herrings. There's a lot of, ah, oh, you think it's going to be him? Ah, oh, I think it's going to be her. And when you know who it is, that that element of the storytelling gets gets a little bit tired, uh, which is a shame because apart from just the plot, <laughs> everything else in the film is, is fantastic. Uh, you know, such a cast. Just like a who's who of, like, Italian... Barbara Boucher, Thomas Millian, yeah. Florinda Balkan, Mark Perel. Yeah. I mean, wow. Imagine being in a room with all of them. This whole 70s uh, Jalo thing, I mean, we're going to see a lot of the same actors crop up over and over again. (laughs) They were just Mm. cast from a very small net. But they're all great. They're all great actors, every one of them. I love them all. I enjoyed it more than a lot of other Fulci's films. Like, I have enjoyed his films, but I think this is one of his ones that does does stand out. Um, But I'm guessing, like you've said, with a rewatch, I don't think it's one that I would watch again. But I did enjoy it, and sort of the the mystery that it's them more investigating at the end, and then the whole Donald Duck thing appearing, <laughs> and that just the the wackiest ending that I <laughs> that, that I did not expect. Do you mean the gore? Do you mean the, the gore in the end? I mean that, and also just the guy fighting with the vicar. Like that was something yeah. that I didn't <laughs> expect to see in this film, which I thought was was great. Um, the thing that I find weird is the whole the opening of the the kid bringing the orange juice to that woman that's one of the a, mm. a, a very a very very odd mm. scene mm-hmm. it's an but, interesting scene though isn't it like it yeah. gets your attention but then he gets cock blocked by his mum pretty much <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> just it's it's very odd the way that they treat the kids is quite interesting because you have the scene at the beginning where you've got all the little boys and they're kind of like they're running off to the place where the prostitutes have taken their clients but the main reason they're there is to chase the pervy man away rather than to be like her, her ladies. And yet still that was seen as your son's been corrupted. And, you know, mm. that bit where the, the village idiot is watching the prostitutes and their clients and the bloke sees that he's being watched. He goes, want to see something magic? Then watch the birdie disappear. Uh, could it be less erotic? <laughs> <laughs> well, but also the fact that one of the women's like, no, I want to keep the radio on. Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't care. I can't miss the shipping forecast. Yeah. <laughs> it's got rhythm. Yeah. <laughs> like later we'll talk about Bird with the Crystal Plumage. Um, they, they, if they had the shipping forecast, they wouldn't have had to add a metronome above their bed while they're having sex. <laughs> <laughs> um, the central scene with the um, the witch Magiara being flogged, well, chain whipped to, to death, is quite something in it. Hmm. I feel bad for Florinda Balkan. Like she always does seem to be like and this, literally the the sort of whipping boy of the the film. But she always gets these roles where she has to go just that little bit further than than everybody else. Uh, I can't tell if she 
obviously <laughs> whether she enjoyed doing those kind of roles or or whether it was just like oh my god not again really i've got to do this and we mentioned when we were talking about cannibal holocaust that Riz Ortolani, uh he basically started his idea of having like extreme violence scored to you know nice mm. beautiful music during that scene i think and uh, Sarah, you uh, you rewatched this, didn't you? I don't think I've seen it before. Um, I think this might have been the first time. But I, okay. I'm generally not a Fulci fan, so I was just like, yeah, whatever, carry on. I don't know. He just he just he just does nothing for me. I don't think I. I mean, yeah. I I mean he's my favourite director, but uh, yeah. not because of these kind of films so much as his horror. Mm. He's he's got there's there's obviously like there's you know there's a style and he's obviously got that he's, he's an auteur but it's just not something that I like so I guess that's just taste and me being grumpy. This one kind of bucks the trend with the other Fulci films that I've seen and that a lot of the others tend to kind of work like a series of vignettes mm. and a, or a series of like really weird things, some of which are quite cool but they don't hang together. Mm. Whereas yeah. this one does actually feel a lot more coherent. Mm-hmm. And a lot more like he's kind of seen an i seen an idea through, and it's not just oh here's some weird shit. Yeah. Like, mind you saying that the here's some weird shit bits of his films are fantastic. So yeah, I yeah, but I guess you could even say that about like his Jali before this, like um, Lizard, oh, Lizard yeah. and a Woman's Skin, for example. Oh, that's definitely look at this groovy weird shit. <laughs> that's and some the more weird groovy shit, weird yeah. shit. Yeah, I mean it's it's beautifully photographed and totally mm. mad, and you certainly won't forget it in a hurry. But it is a little bit kind of like watching fireworks, I suppose, but. <laughs> fireworks involving blood and tits and sparkly things um mm. it's it's weird like the two together are really weird as as companion pieces because lizard and woman's skin is full of like gore and nudity and surrealism and all sorts of like really flashy imagery nice fashions and then don't touch reducting is almost like a like a neo-realist film it's just so mm. like straightforward by comparison um and it's almost like he, he kind of made Lizard and Woman's Skin and was like, oh, I've got to make something completely the opposite just to mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, yeah. show that I'm, I'm diverse. I, I, this is weird because I've always, uh, I've, I've never actually got on with Lizard and Woman's Skin until this month. And um, I loved it this time. I thought it was, I thought it was brilliant. Uh, it's just mainly because of how beautiful it, beautifully it's shot. Like, it's like um. split diopters like Brian De Palma's known for, which I didn't realise was a thing back then. But he uses, even uses that in Perversion Story. Yeah. Um, I love the London setting, um, the whole kind of, you know, acid trip based story. What I like is, uh, Jally, where the murder mystery seems impossible, where, <laughs> you know, she's witnessed, she's witnessed a murder, but in her dream. And like, how can that possibly be? You're like, you know, have you seen, um, Death Walks at Midnight, where a woman takes a trip, uh, an acid trip. Um, for a magazine article and during it she witnesses a murder that it turns out happened six months earlier and you know I threw out it I was like fucking hell that, that, what are they doing with this storyline it's mental it doesn't make any sense it's impossible of course it all makes sense by the end but I, they, I, they're the kind of mysteries I really like the ones that seem oh, impossible can we are, we are we ready to skip ahead to Seven Nights in Black speaking of yeah. Fulci Jally that don't really make sense <laughs> in mm. terms of the impossible mystery yeah well that that does not make a lot of sense um obviously plot for anyone who doesn't know it um, is uh, a woman takes a drive into a tunnel has a funny turn might be a clairvoyant episode sees some random images that could be the clue to a murder uh, and then finds a body bricked up in the wall and thinks oh 
this is the murder that I saw. But was it? Mm. Um, and oh god, like I love Fulci, but I feel this this was tough going. Um, really, I, I think yeah. I think it's really well. I think it's really well written the way that because there's so much in that vision she has that the most of the plot is spent uh, examining what each part of it could possibly have meant, and but, I love that. But I think it's, it's really, it really becomes totally done. Very obvious, very early on, what the vision actually is, and then it's just kind of an inevitable plod uh, to to get there. Um, and it, and it's even more obvious if if you've seen uh, one of the, the movies actually puts the, <laughs> the whole story on, as the tagline. Yeah. Um, has anyone else seen that? It's called The Psychic or Seven Nights in Black. Yeah, I hated this. I hated it. <laughs> okay. Yeah, uh, I just I thought it was him trying to be too obscure this time around. With it felt like there was a part of it where you would walk into an art gallery and this would be showing on a screen and you'd have people looking at it thinking it's something amazing when there's no real true meaning to it. And I can't believe that he also thought that he would open with the ending of Don't Torture a Duckling. That's so, that's <laughs> that's so weird, weird, isn't it? Because it, it, it's like uh, five years later, wasn't it? Uh, it done, yeah. It'd done like three westerns and two comedies or something in between. Yeah. And... Um, then yeah, and then it opens with the same girl from the end of Don't Talk to a Duckling, and the same same gore effects, but with a yeah, different then, body. Uh, the the murder in the psychic that they keep referring to happens in 1972, which was when Don't Talk to yeah. a Duckling was was shot. And I, I wondered if he was trying to say something with with that about either Jallo as a genre just repeating itself, or or maybe just the sort of inevitability of time some kind of cosmic time loop thing because you know the movie does have a lot of themes about sort of predestination and such and i i don't know if it, if, he, if that was an intentional thing or if he was just like fucking hell i love throwing dummies off cliffs let's do it again <laughs> <laughs> well you know how i feel about getting the same actors back and recreating old scenes from <laughs> i love that <laughs> uh sarah, sarah you saw the cycle what do you think of that it's I don't know, I just think it's so obvious like where it's going that it's kind of annoying. I, I just think his gore effects just always look rubbish and he insists on getting really close up in there Ooh. and you're like, can you just keep the camera back a bit so you can't see how shit that is? But no. I love that. <laughs> I, I love that as well. I, I wish there'd been more. I think that's one of the things the psychic's lacking and I get that he was trying to make a, an understated uh, Hitchcockian kind of film, but I wish there was more. Dummies going off cliffs in close up. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's my jam. Yeah. It's There's like... a lot of walking around houses, isn't there, in the psychic? It's like Italian location, location, location. <laughs> just kind of looking around. Ooh, walls, very nice. Oh, well, I've seen this chatting wall. about redecorating all the time as well. Like, yeah. Oh, when, yeah. when did you paint that wall? Yeah, for God's sake. <laughs> I am a decorator. <laughs> yeah. Um, we can't really talk about the classic Jolly without mentioning Mario Bava, who's uh, the girl who knew too much. The Evil Eye, 1963, is generally considered to be the first example. And there's a lot of love for Blood and Black Lace too from 1964. Um, mm. Got any thoughts about either of those? I'm not a fan of. I mean, I, I think the girl who knew too much is quite good fun, but yeah, it's all right. It's a little bit nothingy. It's beautifully shot though, mm. and. Um... 
Blood and Black Lace looks amazing, and I love mm, the weird oh, settings really and all the different yeah. coloured mannequins and all the dresses. But the title sequence, yeah, oh god, that's amazing. Where you get all the actors in poses. That's so good. Yeah. Um, the problem I had with that was that I watched the English dubbed version, and um, <laughs> uh, I mean, I, I know this is, could might as well be the tagline to so many, uh, so many jelly, uh, but um, that one is particularly bad. It's well, just, yeah. I don't know. I think out of all the films we've been watching for this, only one of them was actually, uh, they, they used an Italian script on set. Mm. The rest of them were English translations that they're speaking. Yeah, I know. And then you get so, that weird disconnect where people are speaking English. Yeah. And then if you watch the Italian version, it's dubbed in Italian. And then there's English subtitles and they don't exactly match what people are saying. It depends on the Blu-ray because sometimes the, the better uh, Blu-ray distributors um, translate the Italian script. Yes. But but the the easiest way is just to transcribe the English dub yeah. which are often really yeah. different and the the english dialogue tends to be a lot simpler than yes the, yeah I, I really hated it in uh the psychic actually the 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 way that they dubbed everyone so they were speaking english because they were clearly speaking multiple languages on on set um but what they did was they dubbed most of the characters with a foreign accent so i don't know if i I don't know if that was actually because the, some of the actors dubbed their own voices, but it was just so frustrating because almost everyone she met was just like, hello, I am going to speak very difficultly, so you're not here. And it was just, I found <laughs> that really you think you need that sometimes to, to show the, um, you know, the foreignness of no, the, the main character? No, it's, it's like when you watch a movie that's been dubbed into English and there's Nazi characters in there and they're all like, like they're off Allo Allo and it just completely ruins the... Uh, I don't know. It just I'd, I'd I mean, I, I love Hello, Hello. So <laughs> <laughs> I mean, well, I really do love Hello. I don't think that amazing. counts as horror, does it? Or does it? Uh, no, no. Jello, <laughs> Jello. <laughs> <laughs> Lucio Fulci's Hello, Hello. I would watch that actually. That would be amazing. Yeah. Anyway, sorry. Yeah, really would, yeah. Fallen Madonna with the big yeah. boobies and blood. <laughs> that sounds like a Jello, doesn't it? Have you seen Sodom as Ghost? Which is oh, this yeah, film Nazi about, one. Yeah, yeah, about yeah. Nazi ghosts. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. It's, it's, it's good. It's, it's a fucking ridiculous load of shit, but it's fun. <laughs> <laughs> I like the, the uh, one of the poster art um, uh, versions of, of Sodom and Ghost is the same artwork from Graveyard Disturbance, but instead of them looking at like a graveyard, they're looking at a giant swastika. They've <laughs> just kind of painted that in. Blood and Black Lace is so like, I mean, you know, obviously Jello didn't happen in a vacuum. There were loads of things, but wow, that just kind of nails it down, doesn't it? And says, right, there's going to be very, very cool fashion. Everything's going to look great. Don't worry too much about the plot. This guy's got some black leather gloves and he's going to stab everyone and it's going to look great. That's, I don't know, that's a nice little blueprint really for, for certainly one strain of, of Jallo. Um, and yeah, it's, it's a lot tamer than what came after, but... Well, not really. It's very violent, actually. But it, it's, it's violent, but not in the sort of pornographic violence that, that Argento would uh, bring to the genre a few years later. It doesn't feel quite as lecherous. I've, I've always liked that it has begun with the whole, the lever... The leather gloves, that's the thing mm. that almost started off that was going to be in all the other jellos. So I think, yeah. The leather gloves and also not seeing the killer's face. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Sarah, have you seen it? Because you, you really like old films, like from <laughs> the 40s. And I think my problem with Blood and Black Lace is, although the violence is quite ahead of its time, 
uh, the acting is very stiff and formal. It seems dated. I can't remember if I've seen it. 64. I, I should watch it. 1964 seems like a good time for me. <laughs> In that, yeah, yeah. It was a very I knew good event. No, but like, I don't really like the 70s movies generally. I don't feel I'd like very much from the 70s or 80s at all. Or 80s, 60s. Yeah. yeah. 40s, 50s, 60s, 90s. Yeah. <laughs> it's a big black hole where the 70s and 80s are. Well, I, I mean, I think the strongest, most reliable um, Jallo director in a way is Sergio Martino. Mm. Yeah. His films don't necessarily have all the fireworks, but they're all good. They're all really good. Mm. Can I just talk about how great your vice is a lock room and only I have the key is? Even as a title. I mean, the yeah. title is probably the best Jallo title, and there's competition, but I think mm. I think that one wins for me. Uh, but the film, oh, man, I love it. It's definitely one of my favourite uh, Jallo films. It's just so sweaty. Like, I said it yeah. about Don't Talk to a Duckman, but I do love a good sweaty film. Uh, <laughs> although, although I did think uh, Luigi Pacilli would be a lot less sweaty if he took off the 50 layers of fur and, and woolly <laughs> jumpers that... That he wears in almost every scene. Yeah, he's a very angry man in a woolly jumper. So yeah. <laughs> maybe if he'd got if he'd embraced t-shirts, he would have been slightly nicer. I doubt it though. You know that a lot of these were distributed by a company with this um, this this thing this logo appears at the start of a lot of these films. Right? Do you pronounce it titanus or titanus? Because <laughs> it's one or the other, isn't it? <laughs> See, I saw that, and I genuinely normally I would normally my I would immediately gravitate to any filth, and I was like, okay, titanus. But now I think about it, yeah, that's yeah, titanus. There we go, titanus. Oh yes, titanus. Yeah, all right, all right. Well, I call it titanus, and sometimes I call it titanus. So there you go. Your vice has got that bit where they have that shag in the barn. It lasts all of five seconds, and then FedEx says, "You're good. Maybe we can do it again sometime." Yeah. That's very charitable of her, personally. <laughs> <laughs> but she's great. Oh, she's she's, she's, she is an absolute yeah, star. Yeah, incredible. It's rare that you see someone that's so compatible with a camera. Like the camera just absolutely worships her, doesn't it? Especially Sergio Martinez. Like he really knew. I mean, you know, she worked with all the the major Italian directors at the time, really, of this genre. But he seems to just get something out of her that's that's just incredible especially i mean your vice is a lot room is a just superb performance by her uh, as the sort of sex pot niece who disrupts what, what is a horrible life going on in a uh, italian villa um, but in yeah, a crumbly she's... old mansion well it's yeah kind of thing, where they've got j and b on the bedside table um... <laughs> j and b that's photographed label out yeah, no matter yeah. which angle <laughs> no matter which side of the yeah. it's amazing it? just sort of spins around between shots so that the label yeah. is always facing the camera <laughs> j and b turns up in so many of these yeah well there was um the importer or whatever in italy he, he mm-hmm. i don't know if he ordered too much and had all these fucking boxes <laughs> on but but he thought, oh, I know a way to market this. I'll just go to the studios and say, fancy some free props. And that's why J&B turns up so much. And it's not just the bottles. It's like ashtrays, posters, yeah, yeah, all the branded stuff. Yeah. I didn't it's know a great that. game to play, spot the J&B. 
Yeah, I, I love that, that jello. There's a really good one in Cannibal Holocaust in the New York scene where a J&B truck just drives fast in the background. <laughs> <laughs> they were getting desperate by that point. Please just take the whole truck. <laughs> If you look closely at any kind of like dismembered corpses in um, Cannibal Holocaust, they've got like the J and B labels somewhere <laughs> inside their guts. Do you like J and B? Have you have you had J and B? I don't think I have. No. When I first really got into Jello, and I bought a bottle of J and B, having actually the first time I ever saw it in a bar was in Malta in Valletta, and so I was like, oh fuck, God, I have some J and B, and it was all right. You know, it's a pretty shit whiskey, but it's fine. Um, but then you buy a bottle. And you have it on your shelf while you're watching Jolly at home and you just feel like the boss. It's like, yeah. <laughs> in fact, even when you're not watching Jolly, you can just look over at the bottle and pretend you're in a Jolly. <laughs> I did take a photo next to the absolutely giant uh, neon J&B sign uh, at the airport in Larnaca. Right. Uh, so if anyone, if anyone's going to Cyprus and they're flying into Larnaca, keep, keep an eye out. Giant neon J and B sign. Good, good opportunity for your your Instagram. I saw a J and B uh, cigarette lighter in a market in Lisbon, and I was like, oh fuck! I mean, it looks really old. Um, probably not really old, not like antique old, but you know, it's probably twenty years old. I asked the bloke how much he wanted for it. It's fifty euros for a little plastic oh, cigarette lighter. No, off. outrageous. So, uh, Must have seen you coming in your Mario Barber t-shirt. <laughs> <laughs> for you, fifty euros. I am wearing a t-shirt that says Mario and Dario and Lucho and Sergio. So that just gets me in, get me in the mood, isn't it? Um, I also really like uh, the case of the Scorpion's Tail from Martino. That's... That was great. I'd not seen that one before, and um, mm. yeah, it's compelling and. Yeah, it's quite it's quite daft, but you know the plot's just kind of quite tight and it's quite exciting. And also, there's a lot of really interesting stuff that happens with camera angles. There's a bit where you have two characters talking, and the camera is sort of looking at them from above, and then just kind of like leisurely swinging around from side to side from mm. when each person's speaking, and that's just so good. And it's also yeah. got some very good hats, so you know. I'm actually sad I've, I've not seen this one, but I didn't realise that until today because when I saw the list, uh, the watch list for this episode, I was like, oh, yeah, Case okay, so of oh, I've seen that. I, don't, I don't really, really don't want to watch that again. And it was only today when I looked on the shelf and realised I was actually thinking The Scorpion with Two Tails, which is another <laughs> Sergio Martino <laughs> film from 10 years later, which is quite crap. Uh, but I haven't actually seen The Case of the Scorpion's Tale because all this time I was like, yeah, yeah I've seen that. Okay. Please tell me you also did one called The Dog with Two Dicks. <laughs> <laughs> if it was Fulci, it would have been The Dick with Two Dogs. <laughs> <laughs> the Duck with Two Dogs. <laughs> I think the uh, the iguana with the tongue of fire is is one of my yeah. favourite like actual Jallo titles. That's just what. But I guess yeah, Argento nice. started it with the uh, the animal nonsense, didn't he? Mm. And all the colours of the dark. I want to mention just because of. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's set in London, which is always cool for a Jallo. A lot of them are weirdly. The geography is really shit. If you live or work in London, you will notice that she gets on. What she do? She gets on the tube at Aldwych and gets mm. off at Aldwych. <laughs> you wouldn't notice that if you don't live in London I do and I didn't notice that which is worrying she gets off comes out of Holland Park over in West London but the park that she then walks through is on the river and yeah. then she's in Putney in South London <laughs> Putney's such a 
such a non-exotic place to set a shower. It looks <laughs> looks awesome though, doesn't it? The block of flats that she lives in is just True. like so cool looking. Mm. I, I, it's still there as well. I, I keep meaning to, yeah. to go and nose at it, but then I think, oh, that's actually where someone lives. It's creepy, but I does it's such a cool building in what have you done to solange where the teacher fabio testi's character's got his sex pad where he shags schoolgirls. um that is now a student your sex pad (laughs) (laughs) that is now a student hall's a residence and uh their network is my responsibility at work so i've been there whoa that's cool yeah it's in south kensington nice yeah south ken sex pad Sex pad. <laughs> no, just, just wanted to say that it's a nice combination of words. Yeah, it sounds good. Yeah, it's a, they'll be on that uh, festival lineup with all those other bands. That show up. <laughs> Have you got the list? Yeah, 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 yeah. So we've got blood puddling, sex parasites, John Spencer penis explosion, coma hand jobs, liquidized pigs, and now South Kent sex pad. <laughs> oh, it's going to be wow. lit. It is totally lit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they actually say that Fabio Testi's character is suspicious because he's Italian. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't think they've done much research on British school system because all the all the teachers in this high school are professors. Because obviously in Italy they're all called professori. Mm. And also they had um, all the schoolgirls going to mass and they had the veils on. And um, mm. that didn't happen at the um, the school I went to, which was a girls convent school so um i feel a bit cheated because those look quite goth and cool but, mm. yeah. and why's the uh detective got a portrait of prince philip behind his desk <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that big happens fan. a lot in in exploitation movies what, what prince, prince philip, philip? no Is not prince philip, philip? Uh, but, but quite often like um if you watch a lot of the ninja films where they try to splice uh western actors into eastern films um, right Quite often they'll have them sat next to, like, if, if they're supposed to be American characters, there'll be a photo of Ronald Reagan on the desk. So, you know, yeah. yes, they're Americans. <laughs> but maybe Prince Philip is actually the Jallo killer to end all Jallo killers. <laughs> the clue was there all along on the desk. Yeah, but unfortunately the score is so loud you can't hear all the racist shit he's saying as he's walking <laughs> on one thing. <laughs> Stabbing people. What would a uh, Jallo about Princess Diana's death be called? <laughs> Oh, man. Oh, should we go to the Jallo title generator? Oh, wow. <laughs> Is that a thing? <laughs> yeah. Uh, a torn photo in a field of lilacs. That's that actually works. That. That That's sense. nice. It's nicer than the one I just refreshed and got a yellow parrot in an empty grave. <laughs> I once started writing one called... Uh, the killer wore a purple scarf or something like that. <laughs> Didn't get very far with that. Was the killer Prince? <laughs> oh. <laughs> I think the, the scarf was over the killer's face, not just around his neck. Oh, I so see. I was going to say that's a really obvious clue. Like, how would that even work? <laughs> well, a scarf is central to Tulso, isn't it? Martino's film. Mm. Yeah, and it turns out it was uh, it was black on red, not red on black or something like that. <laughs> What's the one with the the yellow scarf? There's something That's, with the yellow uh, scarf. It crimes of the black cat. Fucking yes. hell, I can't Se- believe Seven shawls of yellow silk. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's a That's really a good, good one, one, actually. That's, that, I'm yeah, really that's underrated. the one with the cat's, the cat's claws yeah. dripped in strychnine. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Dripped? Dipped. Dipped in strychnine. 
Yeah. It's like a Jello Greatest Hits, that one, actually. If you've never watched any of these, uh, you might not enjoy it as much. But if, if, if you've watched a few, then that one will, you'll get your kicks out of that because it gives you... Yeah, because it's got a blind person as one of the main yeah. characters. That's really important, <laughs> isn't it? Um, and it turns really nasty. The, the shower scene murder at the end is just yeah, like... Because yeah, yeah. it's quite a tame film. And then like all of a sudden, it's this really horrific, you know, nude woman killing thing. It's just out of nowhere. Yeah. So weird. Yeah. Does anyone want to mention any others before we move on to Argento and towards our second feature? House of Laughing Windows. That's oh, a yeah. Great one. There's a couple of brilliantly horrible bits in it, and I genuinely did not see the twist coming. Mm-hmm. No, the twist is mad. It's totally mental. It's one of the best storylines, I think, of, of the genre. Like, it's, it, it actually makes sense. It's surprising, it's disturbing, uh, and it has a great atmosphere as well. And that, that fucking... I found cleansing. it a little bit um, slow-paced, though. Yeah, definitely. It starts <laughs> off so well. The the opening titles are amazing. Mm, um, and the, the ending's amazing. But, yeah, it's it's another rural one. I, I guess I just don't like the countryside. <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you what, though. He does have the best jumpers stefano like they look so comfy like he has really really nice jumpers if you if you if you watch it again or if anyone's listening who hasn't seen it oh you'll, you'll just want to wrap yourself up in every single one of them <laughs> yeah he's got his, his jumper game is strong yeah, yeah. It's, um... so is an alternative title for that the killer wore nice jumpers <laughs> yes <Yeah. laughs> he's not the killer though is he he looks like jimmy nail but he's not the killer <laughs> The, the bewildered Jimmy Nail look-alike uh, wore nice jumpers. <laughs> <laughs> and crocodile shoes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, moving on to Dario Argento. Uh, his first shallow is The Bird with the Crystal Plumage. Um, I, I like it. I don't know. I'll tell you what. With watching these films, I've found that I've liked most of them-ish if I've watched them in the afternoon. <laughs> and if I've watched them after midnight, after a bottle and a half of wine, I've fucking loved them. Does that not apply to most films? Yeah. I'm not sure it does. <laughs> if I'm a bit sleepy and drunk, the film works better. <laughs> no, I think that is it. I think particularly Jallo, especially 70s Jallo, I think do work better as kind of late night screenings. Yeah. Very think, late night. Because they're so that. weird sometimes. I think I think a lot of them, uh, like I said, are quite sweaty. So that sort of late summer night kind of feeling, I, I, I get that they're, they're very uh, aided by by a certain atmosphere. Um, mm. I think, but Bird with the Crystal Plumage, um, it's fine. Like it, it's not one of the best, but it does have a few really really amazing scenes. Like the, that first murder is just. <laughs> So well yeah, shot. It's a fantastic set yeah. piece. That yeah. it's, it's almost a shame that uh, he cheats by covering up the big clue. Mm. It'd be nice if it'd be mm. nice if you were able to see that. Yeah, but it's hidden behind a curtain. So when we see what happened at the end, yeah, it's like ah, ah I wish we could have figured it out for ourselves. Yeah, um, my favourite scene is this one. Mrs. Johnson. Mrs. Johnson, Mrs. Johnson. Me. Love that guy. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't checked to see if he's been in anything else. I'm going to watch everything he's ever been in, that guy. 
Mrs. Johnson. <laughs> I was wondering if it was like that character in the League of Gentlemen that can, whenever she's acting, can only. Oh, Pam Doos. Got an eight hands, Jaws. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm wondering if um, that guy just turns up in every, in every film he's in, he has to say that, because that's all he can say. <laughs> oh, we're watching Pam Doos now. <laughs> Can you play it again? I just want to hear it again. Mrs. Johnson. Mrs. Johnson. Mrs. Johnson. Me. <laughs> it was lost, CJ. See, I lost out because I watched the Italian version with subtitles. Oh, no. I don't, yeah. I don't recall anything quite as... No, I don't think I've ever heard that either. It'd be really funny if it was the it was turned exactly the same in Italian. Oh, yes. I should have worked, I should Johnson. <laughs> when I was in Rome, I was really excited about going to the zoo and like taking a photo of the exact angle where the the, mm. the yeah the big clue bird is in its cage. But they cheated it. They cheated it in the film. You can't see the you can't see the building from the bird cages. They cheated. Oh. Well, that's Argento all over, isn't it? Just clever angles. Yeah, <laughs> it is all about angles. Yeah. Um, Four Flies on Grey Velvet. I had never liked. Well, I'd kind of liked it, but I fucking love it now. Oh, I, this is one I hadn't seen before, and it's fucking brilliant. I watched it yesterday. Yeah. So weird. So tense. Of all the films we're talking about, it's probably the one that's most horror-like. Like really mm. creepy. It's properly surreal as well. It's. Yeah, and the the music is wonderful. Mm. The end credits music. There's a lot of um, sort of bands I can think of whose entire sound is that kind of <laughs> yeah. spooky descending chords type thing. Like broadcast, for example. I mean that that end okay. that end song could be one of theirs. And they were the ones that did the music for um, Barbarian Sound Studio. So mm. yeah, obviously acknowledging the um, the debt there. Um, but yeah, I, I loved Four Flies. I thought it was fantastic. Yeah, those those like when you've the guy in the mask first appears it's like really spooky and yeah or or, or woman of course we don't know yeah at this point and then (laughs) there's that that weird dream sequence the middle eastern dream sequence where like it keeps cutting just before the guy gets head chopped off in the execution yeah it's the same thing again but slightly different several times which is kind of how recurring dreams tend to go and I love that weird opening sequence where you've got um, the rehearse, the band mm. are rehearsing, and then it keeps cutting to the shot of the heart that was beating. Yeah. That's just, mm. it's mental. Love it. Yeah. Sarah, have you seen this one? I have, and yet yeah, I can't really remember. I think um, those two and is it Cat and Nine Tails have all yeah. sort of merged together in my head. I don't like Cat and Nine Tails. I didn't bother rewatching it for this one because it's just a drag, I find. It's too, it's too long, Cat and Nine Tails. Four Flies on Great Velvet, I. I struggle with, um, I think I struggle with the tone a little bit because the cops are so comedic in it. Do you mean the gay private detective? Yeah, yeah, and, and the, I mean, that's a terrible gag. It's weird how, probably not weird even, but it's ahead of its time perhaps, how Argento used gay characters throughout the 70s um, in quite a non-judgmental way. Mm. But it's, I felt like it was played for laughs a little bit in Four Flies. In Bird with crystal plumage, perhaps, with the antiques shop mm. owner, but but I I don't know. I think he's the the gay people in this are just normal people with normal jobs, and like if compared to how gay people were uh, portrayed in British films of the era, they all like wore wow. pink scarves and floppy suits and worked in the entertainment industry and stuff. Um, 
It does seem very progressive, I think. There's certainly elements of it that are um, progressive. And also it's kind of, you're not meant to sympathise with, because in both movies it's the um, the male character who's kind of like, oh my God, it's a homosexual gentleman. And <laughs> you, you, you're meant to go, well, you know, why is he being an idiot? This guy, you know, this, this is, yeah. stop being a judgmental prick, basically. And also, I think the um, the detective in Four Flies reminded me of um, the um, air controller guy in Airplane. <laughs> <laughs> he's ridiculous and flamboyant but he's really enjoying himself and then there's that bit where he goes oh you heterosexuals yeah. <laughs> and Leon's getting large yeah. <laughs> yeah. well, I suppose that brings us on to our second feature from 1975 Argento's Profondo Rosso Deep Red and you will kill again you're getting closer and closer to the most unnatural kind of death Beyond shock. What was that? Beyond horror into total terror. Murder runs wild. Blood runs cold. Deep red. The conjecture is that an act of bloodshed was once committed in that house. Everywhere you look. Everywhere you turn. Death is running with you. Put you into deep shock. Apparently so. A jazz musician witnesses the murder of a woman in Turin, but although he feels that he saw a huge clue at the crime scene, he can't quite remember what it was, and so reluctantly teams up with a flirtatious reporter to try and solve the case. Um, Emily, you chose this. Mm. Had you had you seen this one before? Yes. Um, what's interesting with this is that what the version I'd seen before was, I think, a Blu-ray version where they'd restored some scenes where you only had the mm. Italian soundtrack. So you yeah. had the mad thing of not only the kind of like people speaking English then dubbed into Italian, you also had that happening the other way as well. So it just kind of added to the air of unreality. Mm. Um, whereas the version that I watched this time around was on Amazon Prime. The shorter version, basically. Slightly shorter, yeah. It wasn't like mm. the, there's, there were two versions on there. They had like the two hour version and the 83 minute version. It wasn't that one. Mm. But I think the one that I saw that had the more bits of Italian dialogue was like a longer cut. And I think that was better. Um, but yeah. I've always found this film to be like a real sort of curate's egg in that there's some bits of it that are absolutely amazing. And then there's other bits that are a little bit like, hmm. And then when you watch the shorter version. I've never seen a shorter cut and I wish I'd watched that version this time because I found it a bit draggy. What? Oh. Go on. What's the problem? What's the problem, <laughs> CJ? What's the problem? I, I, for me, I mean, I know it is the most obvious choice. So to say it's the greatest Jallo is, is just like saying, you know, the Beatles are a bit good. Um, but I feel Deep Red is just astonishing. Like, I think it gets the genre so perfect. And, and as a piece of Argento's filmmaking I think it's it's unique in his catalogue because it actually has warmth and humour and I think you can really tell that he was in love when he made it <laughs> and, and, and I love that it's got such a, an energy to it that, that's missing from every, every one of his movies apart from this I think uh, the, the scenes between uh, David Hemmings and Daria Nicolodi are, are just lovely like in the in the crappy little car that she's got when the, you know, there's so much nice romantic chemistry there that, that I think it, you don't get that in any other Argento film. They're usually very sort of 
I don't know, not not entirely straight face, but just not warm like that. And I, and I enjoy that. And I also enjoy the just sheer audacity of that twist. Like yeah. to have the the guts to just put the answer right there in front mm. of you at the very start of the movie, confident that nobody will know what it is, and then just reveal at the end, like, yep. It was there all along. You you saw it. First time I watched it, when that reveal at the end, it was absolute shivers down the spine moment. Oh, it's like, stunning. Absolutely yeah. freaked yeah. out, like fucking hell, all along. Yeah. And yeah, uh, Luke, best shallow ever. Uh, I would I would say so because there's a there's a few that I didn't like on here. Uh, like I said, I didn't like the psychic, and I didn't I didn't like I didn't like a bird in a crystal uh, plumage. Didn't like that one. Uh, but this one I thought was just amazing. Uh, it's refreshing to see killing scenes happen, but without having this gloomy, miserable soundtrack and just having jazz play mm. over the top of it. I think that makes it Goblin makes score it is so incredible. perfect. Yeah. Oh, the soundtrack is amazing. Yeah. I mean, you heard in the, that just that little bit of trailer about three or four completely different bangers of um, <laughs> that they've got throughout. Yeah, they are absolute non-stop bangers. bangers. <laughs> Goblin bangers. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's either a band or very, very niche porn. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Goblin Bangers 7 is... Uh... <laughs> yeah, sorry, Luke, you were saying, yeah. Yeah, I think it is great. Um, the one killing I've always found weird is the the desk part with the man getting his teeth mm. just smashed in loads of times because he... He just happily has his mouth open for those parts <laughs> as, he's, as he's getting his teeth smashed out. But I think that's the only problem. I think the rest of it is great. So you think you think the bit immediately prior to that with the robot boy comes out of nowhere is <laughs> yeah. absolutely yeah. perfect. Then he just gets to all sense. <laughs> that, yeah, that, that's the thing that's always weird. But then, yeah, just getting his teeth smashed out and happily to let it happen almost. It's, yeah, it's weird. I don't know what I think about that robot boy bit. It's obviously iconic. But what the fuck? <laughs> what are we going to make of it? Especially once you find out who the killer is. They made that, did they? <laughs> I bet I bet they got Lawrence, Dr. Lawrence Gordon to make it or something. I was going to yeah. say, there needs to be a sequel that explains everything. Yeah, <laughs> yeah no, there, there should be sequels to all of these movies that are just about where they got all the props and the interior design from. And Definitely. Uh, <laughs> that, that might just be me that wants to watch those. Sarah, what do you think of it? Yeah, I love this one. Having said I hate everything in the 70s, I I love Deep Red. Um, I've tried to push Deep Red on so many people that I know. Um, my mum was here and complaining that she can always figure out the twist or who the killer is in any murder <laughs> mystery. And I was like, okay, <laughs> here you go. Have a go at this one. Um, she didn't get that, but she claimed that it was because she doesn't speak Italian, which I think is not wow. really relevant to anything. Um, her, her, her conclusion on the film was quite good as well. I don't, I don't remember. She, what? she said there, there was too much artsy fartsy in it for her. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that sounds about right. Uh, and I tried to give it to someone at work, but they're like, "Oh, I don't have a DVD player, so that didn't end well." Um, Millennials. Yeah, how dare they? Uh, but yeah, I love this film. I think it's great. And I love Dario Nicolodi's character. I think um, it kind of goes back to the thing you were saying about not knowing how progressive Argento's being sometimes. I can't mm. tell if you're meant to think she's awesome, but I do think she's awesome. She yeah, she she's totally awesome. What she's doing is is kind of what Margot Kidder did when she played Lois Lane in the, uh, the 80s Superman. Mm. It's a very similar character. Yeah. And yeah, yes. I, I, I love both of them. I think um, 
is great. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I've always really liked Deep Red, but I, I think just watching it straight after Four Flies, um, I found it lacking in comparison. I, I just don't think it's as tight a film, to be honest. And it's interesting how they both begin in the same way with like a jazz band rehearsal, followed by mm. you going through these red curtains into a theatre. Um, and of Argento's films that begin with a jazz band rehearsal and then point of view shot going through red curtains into a theatre. I prefer Four Flies now, but and I didn't see that coming. Also, I think Tenebrae is the greatest Jallo ever, but that's 80s, so we're not talking about that this episode. We'll do that at some other point. Oh, 80s Jallo is a whole different episode. <laughs> it is, it is. We'll do it. I was thinking of maybe we'll do it in a, a year from now. We'll do uh, what yeah. come next. That'd be nice. Cool. Cool. Well, that's uh, the classic rally covered. Let's play Scary Noises. <laughs> so, the teams of this month are CJ and Sarah back on the team again versus Emily and Luke. Now, Luke, what um, sound effects have you brought for us this month? Is it the oh. book of farts again? No, it's... Uh... It's a cat money box. Oh, they've got one in the trippy down the road. Oh, those are brilliant. I yeah. think it's got one go. of those. You put a coin on it. You put a coin on it, and this little ocelot paw comes out. This one is just. A, this one's a cat. Uh, right. Okay. So your first pair of scary noises, and of course, one half of each one will be from a classic Jallo. Well, I just can't see what purpose would be served by a meeting between you and Mr. Rossini. Certainly, you have no proof of his guilt. A married man and a teacher seducing a student, a minor. That seems more than a- Yes, Emily. Uh, the dialogue is, what have you done to Solange? It is. Did you get the music? I did not get the music. No, Luke, did you get the music? No, I didn't get that one. See, Jane and Sarah then, music to identify. Well, I just can't see what purpose would be served by a meeting between you and Mr. Rossini. Certainly you have no proof of his guilt. A married man and a teacher seducing a student, a minor. That seems more than enough, and not for a murder indictment. Well, make him confess. I'm sure you'll have the means. I know that you're very upset, Colonel. Understandably. I'll see that you're taken to your car. No? I don't know. I mean, I, I could take a wild guess. Go on, then. Go on, then. Uh, is it the church? No, it's Candyman. Oh, oh wow. Oh, no. oh, I should have got that. Uh, is the second one? For the record, this is uh, Cynthia Cronenberg, and we're uh... Christopher Romero and James Carpenter Hooper. Blacks. Yes, CJ. Is it Night of the Creeps? It, yeah, the dialogue is that yeah. terrible bit in Night of the Creeps. Where everyone's <laughs> got the name of a horror director. It's one of the worst bits of dialogue ever. <laughs> uh, I didn't even listen to the music. Uh, well, it's going to be so a it's just like, oh, so... Night of the Creeps. Yeah. Do you want to take a guess? Um, Bird with the crystal plumage. No. So, Emily <laughs> and Luke, music to get here. For the record, this is uh, Cynthia Cronenberg. And we're... Uh... Christopher Romero and James Carpenter Hooper. Blanders. Homicide. Well, well, well. This is Spanky and Alphabon. Either of you guys recognise Mr. Miner here? Uh, I don't know. That's going to bother me. No, Luke. Mm. No, I can't. I can't get that one. That is uh, lizard in a woman's skin. Uh, yeah. oh. uh, number three. 
I'd like to see you in my shoes. Put all this play to Hi. Hi, Marie. What's happening? Oh, that nitwit. He's always making mistakes. Sometimes it's really embarrassing. CJ. The music is wacko? It's not wacko, but I know. I <laughs> say that. What? Um, dialogue? Do you want to take a punt on that? No. Okay. No. So, uh, Emily and Luke, both bits to get here. I'd like to see you in my shoes. Put all this play Hi. Hi, Marie. What's happening? Oh, that nitwit. He's always making mistakes. Sometimes it's really embarrassing. Keeps giving me the old crippled mail order. You know what kind of mail Rambanti gets? Swedish pornography. You wouldn't believe some of the positions. Four flies on grey velvet. Yeah, that's the dialogue. Did you get yep. the music? No. Uh, the music was the elephant's funeral in Santa Sangre. That's <laughs> <sighs> <laughs> what an elephant's funeral march sounds like. Uh, so halfway, we're two to Emily and Luke, and one to CJ and Sarah is the fourth pair. I've never forgotten your Marie Antoinette. Nor have I. She will be the leading lady of my new exhibition, but I must find her first. Is it House of Wax, the dialogue? Yes, the dialogue was from House of Wax, well done. 1953 version. Yeah, um, I'm not sure about the music. Do you want to guess the jello? Oh, yeah. oh, is it All the Colours <laughs> of the Dark? No. Uh, Emily and Luke, the music to get here. I've never forgotten your Marie Antoinette. Nor have I. She will be the leading lady of my new exhibition. But I must find her first. Find her? The model, I mean. Oh, yes, there will be beauty for contrast, for nothing else. But each subject must be taken from life. How can I convince my audience they're alive if I don't believe it myself? Is it House with Laughing Windows? No, it was uh, The Curse oh, of the Scorpion's Tale. Okay. That would have been nice if it was House of Wax yeah. and House of Laughing Windows. It would have been like... That's what I was, think- I was thinking, but I don't know, yeah. yeah. Like a house mashup. Yeah. House music mashup, yeah. 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 <laughs> Uh, right, so the fifth one is two all now. Wow. Uh, there's number five. I think I've identified this person as a textbook sociopath. It seems to be a prerequisite for getting into college in the first place. Yeah, tell me about it. Still, this girl has no concept of reality. The difference between right and wrong. Girl. Hmm. Yes, yeah, CJ. Oh, no, no. I, I, uh, I misfired. I thought the dialogue was... <laughs> I thought the dialogue was Jennifer's body, but... It's not because I was I was I was going down the same route of what I just did, and I was thinking, what if the dialogue is from Jennifer's body, and then the music <laughs> is from what are those strange, strange drops of blood doing, of on, blood Jennifer's doing body? on Jennifer's body? And then I was like, bang, that was genius, and then I realised that I was just <laughs> so <Just> wrong. wrong. <laughs> That's another great Jello title, though, isn't it? What those strange it is drops a great of blood title, doing on Jennifer's yeah. body, yeah. Um, so, did Hull take the, the title Jennifer's Body from that film? And then I Jennifer's Body, the film, that. took the title from the whole song or from the Jello. I imagine Hole just took it from, like, literally the words Jennifer's Body. Just I mean, words. there are ma- there are many Jennifers in the world, and they they mostly have bodies. So <laughs> <laughs> unless unless you know of some that don't. Uh, right. Um, so where did we get with that? You didn't get anything from that, did you? No. So it's Emily and Luke to identify music and dialogue. I think I've identified this person as a textbook sociopath. It seems to be a prerequisite for getting into college in the first place. Yeah, tell me about it. Still, this girl has no concept of reality. You know, the difference between right and wrong. Girl. Hmm. The plot thickens. 
She's obsessed with becoming your teaching assistant next semester. Okay. Uh, the music was The Bird with the Crystal Plumage, and the dialogue was from American Psycho 2, All American Girl. Oh, uh, I thought it was wow. that. But Why I, did you say it, Luke? Why did you I say don't, it? Yeah, I wasn't sure. I wasn't, oh. I wasn't sure if we were going to pick, pick uh, something that bad. <laughs> I, you know what? I think it's better than American Psycho. Oh. But I don't really like American Psycho, so you know. <laughs> and your final pair of scary noises with the scores at two all still. What's the matter? You sick, Olivier? I don't believe it. You couldn't be Floriana. An awful little child. Yep. And don't oh, talk. Emily. Yes, so I've just I put my glass down so um, the dialogue is um, your vice is a locked room. Yes. And I have my usual getting so excited about getting something right I didn't listen to the other bit. Okay, so you could tie with this, uh, CJ and Sarah, if you can get the music. What's the matter? You sick, Olivier? I don't believe it. You couldn't be Floriana. An awful little child. Yep. And don't talk so hard. Any moment the swan will fly. How are you, Rainy? Fine, thanks. There's no need to ask about you, though. You look marvelous. Well, let's uh, get moving. The sooner we get back to the villa, the quicker we can celebrate. No. I'm... Is it... I feel like it's a film I've watched a lot. Is it Demons? No. No. It's, uh, it's Chopping Mall. No, that's not a film I've watched a lot. <laughs> Isn't it? <laughs> no, no. Although, although I can tell you uh, what the person in the restaurant says to the waitress. <laughs> Cliff was there for that. Do you remember? Um, I'm guessing it might be... What I can't. <laughs> <laughs> no. That always, that always it, delights what me. What is it? Is it more butter or something? It's what more it? butter. Yeah. Indeed. And what? Cliff, I'm surprised you don't remember that. <laughs> more butter. Why don't I remember yeah, more butter? butter. <laughs> it was it was the trivia from uh, Barbara Crampton's round on uh, the Fright Barbara Fest Crampton quiz. Films, Fright Fest quiz. The, yeah. The Fright Fest quiz, uh, where she asked incredibly challenging questions <laughs> like that um, that no one could answer. Uh, but I've now banked them all. So when she comes back next year and asks the same questions, I'm going to win. <laughs> We only lost by one point. That's true. That's true. One point. One point. We lost the Fright Fest quiz by. That's so annoying. Anyway, the final scores there were three to Emily and Luke and two to CJ and Sarah. Thanks to everyone who's been in touch with nice comments about the show. In particular, Joe Wells, Ben Smith, James Tully, Alice in the Dark and Nikki Thomas. Um, if you're listening on iTunes, a nice review would be much appreciated too. Next month, Luke's chosen Creature Features for our theme. And among others, we'll be covering them from, from 1594. I don't think so. We'll be <laughs> from 1954. Wow. Who was the them in 1594? Would it be Spanish people? <laughs> the Amada. <laughs> um... And also whatever these Scary Noises winners want to pick. So I guess, Emily, that means it's your choice of the other creature feature. What do you want, to, what do you want us to do? Oh, God. Um, it's a nice list, and there's quite a few on there that I haven't seen, but I'm afraid I'm going to have to be an incredibly basic bitch, as the young people say, and pick Gremlins. Oh, nice. Cool. Wicked. Bloody love Gremlins. Good one. Yeah. So them and Gremlins next month are our features. Uh, that's all from us this month. See you next time, and thanks for listening. <laughs>